Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our next guest is a research uh, focus on research interest in the design and analysis of algorithms, protocols, applications for next-generation wireless networks, including sensors, the Internet of Things, robotics networks, and even green cellular networks. Please welcome Baskar Kishnamurchari, the Professor of Electrical Engineering at Computer Science, Director of Cyber Physical Systems and the Internet of Things, at Viterbi School of Engineering at the University of Southern California. Foster, Hi, thank well, you for having me. Oh, you know what? It's exciting because um, I think what you do is absolutely amazing because you're directing USC's newly created Center for Cyber Physical Systems and the Internet of Things. And I think for our listeners who are trying to figure out how this IoT is going to shape construction, to me, is really interesting for our listeners. So. Tell us a little bit how that's really going to play a role in what we're talking about in construction. What's your thoughts there? Sure. Um, so let me just say briefly a little bit about the center. This is a new uh, center at the Viterbi School of Engineering at USC, and we're really looking to connect um, faculty research in academia with practitioners in industry as well as potentially policymakers uh, in government um, around these emerging uh, topics in the Internet of Things and cyber-physical systems. So w what we have here uh, at USC is a collection of just outstanding faculty um, whose research interests span uh, many of the technologies and tools that are going to be part uh, of this ongoing revolution from networking and machine learning and signal processing, robotics, uh, security and privacy and so on, to the application domains themselves and certainly um, you know, for this audience, uh, areas such as smart buildings, smart cities, uh, environmental monitoring are relevant, um, but also we're looking at uh, other uh, domains such as um, e-health, personalized education, and critical infrastructure protection. I think what would help us, you know, we always think that all of our listeners understand things. For those who might not understand what you're defining as cyber-physical systems, what would you define that meaning? Sure. I mean, if you kind of just take apart that word, um, cyber-physical, it's really that intersection of um, electronics, of computer science and software with the physical world, um, whether this is the infrastructure that we're deploying in our buildings and bridges uh, in our urban uh, environments, or new kinds of infrastructure that we don't currently have in place that make certain uh, spaces smart, for example, smart classrooms. Uh, or um, possibly in the context of um, manufacturing, you know, having sensors and actuators there that are measuring physical um, uh, aspects of the manufacturing or, or even a chemical process, uh, but then connecting that to the, through a cyber interface, um, through our networks, through our uh, data analytics, uh, to be able to both get a very fine-grained understanding of what's happening in the physical world, but also be able to act on it. So how does that all come together when you talk about cyber-physical systems and the Internet of Things? How does that all come together in your work, let's say, what you're doing in smart buildings? Sure. Um, let me uh, give you a couple of concrete examples um, to talk about this. One uh, actually dates back to uh, kind of the 2000s. This was an NSF-funded project at USC 
looking at uh, structural health monitoring um, using actuators and sensors. Uh, and so the idea was that today the way you inspect buildings and bridges um, for damage or to figure out if they need uh, repair as part of uh, proactive maintenance is you send out teams of inspectors that look at these structures visually. And uh, an alternative to that we argued and uh, worked on in terms of research was a system whereby you have uh, networks of automated actuators that are, if you will, just locally tapping the building. And you have sensors that are almost creating a little um, uh, a network or, or fabric on that building that are measuring the responses to this known input and seeing if um, the building, if you will, sounds different over time. And it's somewhat similar to how you tell a guitar is out of tune. You pluck it and you hear it. And if it doesn't sound right, there might be uh, a reason to retune. Well, in the same way, buildings have a, a signature, if you will, uh, in terms of how they respond to um, you know, vibration inputs. In this case, it's a very uh, low-level uh, tapping that's not hurting the structure, but it's allowing us to kind of measure the response of the structure, and you're able to continually monitor it over time and see, uh, see you know, how well it's uh, standing up. And if, if there is damage, um, you can potentially catch it before it even becomes uh, so bad as to be visually um, uh, seen. Um, the other example uh, I would give of some of our research in the context of smart buildings is what we call um, really occupancy and behavior-driven building management. And so the idea is that if you have sensors in a building that allow, uh, from the cyber uh, perspective, for you to be able to understand who the users of the building are, who the occupants of the building are, which spaces of the building they're in, and what they're doing, uh, then you can configure aspects of that building from lighting to uh, the HVAC system, um, you know, setting the thermal preferences uh, to really match the individual preferences of these users. And so really making buildings smarter by integrating sensors um, and kind of the back-end control uh, mechanisms uh, with, with machine learning and, and sort of new um, developments there. So most of the time when we talk about sensors and we're talking about these networks, we're typically talking about the occupants in the building. You've raised a really good point about talking about the, maybe the stability of a building and the vibrations because we think about when we're erecting these very tall skyscrapers that wind and environmental issues can and cause the instability of a building that now we're talking about the ability to talk about the, these unknown inputs that I think in a lot of cases in the construction industry we haven't thought about when things fall off a building that we're able to de detect before an injury occurs and we mm -hmm. see these large things. And, and, and is that the kind of thing that you're talking about now that in the construction industry we've never thought about before something falls off of the building onto a car, causes some kind of catastrophic industry or uh, expense or something like that, that we're able to detect that so much sooner and maybe prevent expensive losses because we're Absolutely. able to repair those so much sooner. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly it. Um, so, you know, one way to think about it as an engineer is that a lot of constructions today are an open-loop design. In other words, you try to anticipate as much as possible what might happen, and you fear the worst, and you, you kind of build for it. Um, but there isn't a lot of monitoring that's automated once the building is up. And so with respect to stability issues, structural issues, if you could be continually monitoring um, the building and its uh, structural integrity, over time, 
uh, and possibly even in some cases in the future, take active uh, responses uh, based on what is being observed regarding vibrations, if, particularly if it's coming from unknown um, environmental uh, conditions that may not have been planned for when the building was designed. Uh, are there, for example, active damper systems that could be activated and respond to in real time, uh, either seismic activity or wind and so on? Um, so really there's all kinds of new possibilities in what we would call closed-loop design, where you're, you're measuring sensor uh, inputs and understanding what they're telling you about the building and then responding to them and as close to real time as possible. When we talk about some of these things, most people are under the impression we can only do this in new construction. Are there any retrofits that we can actually go back and say we can actually look at some things that are already pre-existing and actually take some of the this technology and actually look at it and evolve as the Internet of Things is, is evolving? Because sometimes people think, well, we can't go back, we can only go forward. Are, do we have that capability? Absolutely. I mean, I think the from a research perspective, a lot of uh, effort has been spent on developing low-power uh, sensors and actuators um, and networks, uh, the idea being that if these are devices that are relatively uh, small form factor and can be uh, easily deployed, in an existing building, so not, not a you know, brand new building that's under construction, but even an existing building, um, if the devices and the networks are very um, straightforward to deploy, for example, without even requiring a lot of rewiring or wiring, um, because they're running on batteries, they're able to last for months, if not years, uh, and in some cases able to harvest uh, energy from, um, you know, from the environment, uh, that you would have long-lived um, sensing capabilities that are uh, that it's possible to introduce after the building is, is um, put up. And what, what's your future thoughts on where the Internet of Things technologies, where we have capabilities, we're talking about sensors and monitoring, is, is the expense of this monitoring going to be so high or the cost that sometimes people say it's just not worth, it's the ongoing monitoring that's going to be too expensive to be able to offset the cost for, for the ability to do this? So I guess um, the, the issue of cost uh, really boils down to what is the, uh, the capital expense associated with you know, any additional monitoring that you're putting in. Um, again, with, with a lot of the sensor uh, technologies that we're talking about, individually the nodes may not be very capable. So an individual sensor uh, might only be able to measure, for example, vibration in a very um, uh, locally defined um, area, but it's the collective... Um, you know, numbers of these that are giving the, the capability. And so individually, these devices are, are uh, typically quite low cost. And so, um, you know, the cost associated with the, with the capital expense, uh, even to instrument a whole building uh, on a per room basis, uh, will not be very high, uh, especially when you factor in that um, it's really the value that you're getting uh, is enabling that building to be maintained and operated in you know, a highly efficient manner, you're also saving on energy costs, for example, uh, or maintenance costs. Um, and so, so you're getting a lot of value for that deployment. Well, Bhaskar, we're out of time. I wish you guys much continued success at USD, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. All right, listeners, we're out of time. Stick around. We've got more to come. Sign up for 365 newsletter as always. Connect for Connect Radio is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here. We'll be right back right after this commercial break.
Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner, the book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and eBooks are sold, and visit HarrietLerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Thank you for listening to WS Radio. Improve your business and your life with useful information from experts and thought leaders. WS Radio is radio with ROI. You take your smartphone almost everywhere you go. Now WSRadio.com can be there too. Search WS Radio in the Play Store for your Android devices or iTunes for Apple and download the WS Radio application. WSRadio.com, on your phone and in your ear, everywhere you go. Download the WS Radio application. Do it now. It's very easy. WSRadio.com. Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at conexpoconag.com slash future and join us as we take this to the next level. Small businesses are the lifeblood of America's economy. Every Thursday, SBA Radio interviews industry professionals and is dedicated to provide small businesses with timely insights and innovations. Visit www.sbaradio.us for details. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business, but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. That's ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com.